The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Amen. Turn to your neighbor on the left and tell them, are you ready? Now turn to the one on the right and tell them, it's going to be good. Amen. Well, three weeks ago, we started a brand new series called The Born Identity. Amen. Pastor Tafara started us off with, I am the light of the world. Amen. That means you and I can radiate the glory of God. Why? Because we have Jesus living on the inside of us. So you got that, what, 230 quintillion plus jewels of glory on the inside of you. So when you leave these doors, man, that glory should radiate. People should be drawn to you. Amen. Last week we had Pastor H minister an even powerful word of I am the door and I am the good shepherd. You never speak about a bad shepherd, right? And you get some bad shepherds out there. <laughs> hey, get some bad, bad shepherds out there. But he spoke about the good shepherd. And Jesus went on in John 10 to say, you know what? I am the shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. We hear Jesus' voice and we follow him. Man, this series is called The Born Identity. And some, some of you must be wondering, but why did Pastor T and Pastor H talk about Jesus? Why are they talking about the seven I am statements? Because it is in Jesus that we find our identity. It is in Jesus that we find our position. It is in Jesus that we find out who we are if we are to be successful on this earth and that's why Jesus came is to make you successful amen, amen. so where, where where do we start and you know one more thing the importance of speaking about Jesus because Acts chapter 17 verse 28 says for in him we live we move and we have our being it is in Jesus that we live, we move, and we have our existence on the earth. And that's why it is so important for us to teach on Jesus and give you all the knowledge about Jesus. Because that's when we're going to be finding our place and our identity in every area of our lives. Amen? Amen. So we've got to start from the beginning. Right back in Exodus chapter 3, where God was giving Moses instructions to go and redeem or save the people of Israel from captivity, from the Egyptians. And what did Moses say to God? God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should set the people free? Who am I? Insecure? Didn't know who he was in Christ, in God? How many of you know that when God gives you an assignment, you're not able to fulfill it in your own strength. The assignment is always bigger than you. Amen? But if the assignment is something that you conjured up on a Sunday afternoon while chilling on the bed, 
Man, that's not from God. Now I remember, you know, when myself and Villa were called into ministry to go down to Durban and become the campus pastors for Faith Hill Church Durban, both of us had left our jobs, or well, she was still working. And the next best move was for her to get a transfer down in Durban, right? And I don't think I completed this in the first, first service, but watch this. You know, she came up to me and she says, Love, the company does not have a position or a transfer down in Durban. What do I do? And how many of you know, husbands sometimes have a lot of pressure, right? And I said, you know what? Resign. If God called us, He will provide. If God gives you an assignment, you best believe that He is all over it. You'll see His hand in it and He will make it happen. And in that week, I'll never forget, God came and comforted Willow and gave her a word and said, Exodus chapter 3 verse 12, same, same, same passage, said, certainly I will be with you. Certainly I will be with you. Man, the Spirit of God on the inside of us leaped and we were like, let's go. We're off to Durban. Within one week, when we hit that soil, another company called her and said, we're offering you a job. We're offering you a job. Man, that is God's hand over it all. So when God gives you an assignment, man, he'll, he is faithful to see it through. Now we see God giving this instruction and Moses is, you know, he's whining, he's complaining. And he's saying, you know, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? That I should set the people of uh, the Israelites free? And he says, Lord, you know, when I get to these people, they are an inquisitive bunch. They're going to ask me, who has sent you? And what is his name? And God said, let, them, let my people know that I am has sent you. I am that I am has sent you. I am who I am has sent you. You see, this phrase I am is also Yahweh. It is Jehovah. What he was saying is, let them know. That their creator, their father, their God has sent you. Amen? Moses goes ahead and, as we all know, had to be successful. Amen? Does the assignment that God has given him with God's help. And then God begins to reveal himself to the people of Israel by sharing his redemptive names. And he called himself, I am Jehovah Jireh. Your provider, the one who provides, the one who sees, the one who cares for you. Amen. He said, I am Jehovah Tzidkinu, your righteousness. I am Jehovah Shalom, your peace. I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer. But what Jesus was doing was pointing to the real deal. The coming Messiah that would really save the people. That's you and I. And there we find Jesus coming in the book of John chapter 8. And, you know, this was such a mind-blowing moment. It was a pivotal moment in history. Because in John chapter 8, verse 49, it is the first time that people heard another man refer to God as Father. And all, as we all know the story, man, the Pharisees, those cats, always had questions. They were never there to just learn and get knowledge. But they were there to assess and evaluate the speaker. <laughs> they were there to criticize 
the speaker. And yet Jesus just looked for people who would listen, who would take the knowledge so that they could be successful. Amen? And Jesus comes and these cats accused him of having a demon. And thereafter, they wanted to find out, so who are you? Are you Moses? Or are you Elijah? Who do you say you are? And Jesus comes in verse 58 of John 8, verse 58, and he says, Before Abraham was, I am. I am. He uses the exact same phrase that God the Father used back in Exodus, letting the people know that I am God. Not a God, but I am God. Amen? You see, family, you and I, as believers, as followers of Christ, we are plugged into this world like no other group of people are. You know why? Because we have a purpose. Aren't you happy to have a purpose? Man, I'm glad that I have a purpose. Amen? Somebody shout, I have a purpose. Let's, let's have a look at what's our purpose. Because if you're sitting here this morning and maybe you're a bit lost and you don't know what to do and where to go, man, I want to tell you that there's work to do. <laughs> you have a purpose and that purpose is revealed in God's word. Let us turn to the book of John, chapter 15, verses 16 in the Amplified Bible. And this is what it says. This is Jesus speaking and he says, You have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. And I have appointed and placed, watch this, and purposefully planted you. It's not by chance that you're sitting here this morning. God has appointed. He has, he has purposefully planted you here. He has purposefully planted you in the family that you have. You can't choose your family. <laughs> you know that bigger sister of yours? You can't choose them. God has purposefully planted you in that company. So we're not, we're not to, to complain because we remain. God has purposefully planted us in this earth with a purpose. And let's see what that purpose is. It says, so that you, somebody say me. me. So that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting. Not just expire after three days. Not just expire after one month. God is wanting us to bear much fruit. It needs to remain and it needs to be lasting. Amen? How many of you know that everything from God is eternal? It's lasting. It doesn't have an expiration date. It's not temporary. It's not fleeting like everything that, that we experience in this world. Amen? So he wants us to have fruit that is lasting. Watch this. So that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, that's Jesus, my representative, that's you, he may give you. Amen? Amen. So you and I have a purpose, and that purpose is to bear fruit. So this morning, I'm going to be sharing the same series the born identity, and I am the true vine. I am the true vine. I'm dealing with this passage because it is one of the most misunderstood passages. Most misunderstood passages. I am the true vine. 
Now, family, I want to tell you that this understanding, this misunderstanding has led so many to have a warped view, a confused view of God's true nature, of who God really is. And, you know, a misunderstanding of this passage, a misunderstanding of God's true nature, man, it's going to leave you wanting. It's going to leave you needy. It's going to leave you frustrated with God because you don't really know who He is. You see, a warped view of God is going to leave you lost. It's going to leave you alone. It's going to leave you hopeless. It's going to leave you broke, busted, and disgusted. <laughs> and that's something we don't want, amen? You know what's going to happen? When you're in a time of a fix, you're not going to go to Him. But you're going to find yourself going to every other person, every other thing, every other man. You're going to find yourself going to the pastor. And you know, it's absolutely fine if we have to stand in agreement with somebody. But God wants you to come to Him. He wants a personal relationship with you. You see, when it comes to God the Father, it's not just pastors, apostles, the bishops, the archbishops that can approach God. This Bible is speaking directly to where now. It's speaking to you and I. Amen? You know, I was sharing about two weeks back, I received a message on my phone. And this is somebody, I think I met them once. And I think we, ex we exchanged details because of life group, amen? But I received a message and it said, hi. <laughs> Just straight up, hi. Regarding my meeting tomorrow and my transfer, please pray for favor. How many of you want to hear my response? I was just like, sure thing. Sure thing. You know, it's so important that every person has that personal relationship with God. And you are connected. You cannot go like the thief and the robber through another door. You can't try another route. Jesus is saying, you are my child. Come to me. I will bless you. I will take care of you. But most of the times, we're trying other routes. There's one route, amen? You see, Jesus came to give us the abundant life. In this church, Faith Hill Church, we always talk about the winning life. We talk about the victorious life. Man, nobody likes to lose. We don't like losers. We, we like winning. Am I right? How many winners do we have here today? Man, we all love winning. You know, with everything going on, you know, when you look at our country, we have such a beautiful country, such a unique, such a diverse country. I mean, where in the world do you find a country that has 11 official languages? 11. And it's about to be 12. Myself and Mashi were chatting about adding Shona in. 12 official languages. But how many of you know it's, it makes everything so much more spicier? It makes it so much more interesting because there's different diversity, cultures, so much. And it's just so beautiful to share in that and that unity. But you know, I realized something that with these different languages, you know, whenever two people decide to speak in their native language, man, it always makes me inquisitive. Because <laughs> now I'm suffering with FOMO. <laughs> like, what are they saying? And this always happens to me when I go shopping. 
You know, when you go shopping and you approach the till, you know, they're always upset. They're always angry for some reason. And I was with Mashi yesterday and I was telling Mashi, this is how I do it. I call it the law of first approach. The law of first approach. So you go up to them and you greet them first. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Man, that's an awesome smile. And it sets the tone for the rest of the interaction or else you're going to have your groceries. <laughs> and you don't want your groceries destroyed. But I don't know, you know... You know, nowadays, being nice is abnormal. But being moody, angry, impatient, that seems like the norm. But in that moment, you'll find the, the, the person at the till and the person that's assisting to pack, they start talking in their native language. And that's the moment everything inside of me starts getting like, what are they saying? Because you're hearing all these words and they're talking and they're like, and I mean, you know, I know a few Zulu words here and there. I know a few Afrikaans words here and there. And I, I find myself always leaning in. You know, like, are they talking about me? And you want to you, you hear and you listen out for key words. You, you know, just those one, two, those small nyana words like, ah, pa, 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 ah it, it's good, it's good. Ah, it's, it, <laughs> Family of God, the Word of God is the exact same. It is always talking about you. It's always talking about others and it's always talking about Jesus. You see, this morning, I want you to lean in and I want you to listen for those key words. This morning, this Word is speaking directly into your heart. Whether you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, whether you're a believer for 50 years, this word is ministering directly to you. Amen? Amen? So we're dealing with I am the true vine. And if we could have the picture up of the vine so that you can get an idea of what a vineyard looks like and you can get an idea of just how special this is. So this is what this vineyard looks like. And remember our purpose? It's to bear fruit. It's to bear more fruit. It's to bear much fruit. That's just the way God works. And this fruit... They sit they on trellises, on this wooded structure for a reason. Because at, at the bottom, man, there's pests, there's everything waiting to destroy them. So this is the vineyard. And, you know, I had the opportunity of going to the vineyard in Stellenbosch. My day is BC, obviously. <laughs> Where we were pairing there, you know. A small cheese and some, some wine, you know. My day is BC. But I couldn't help but notice the care, the love from the vine dresser. When he walks in there, how he treats everything. He's so passionate about each cluster. He's so passionate about each grape, each branch. He's the love. Because why? This is his livelihood. This is his profit. This is where everything is happening for him. Amen. So Jesus is talking to you this morning. We're going to break it down. And this is how Jesus puts it in John chapter 15. We're going to be doing John chapter 15. We're going to be doing eight verses. And I'm going to make it as quick as possible. But man, it is going to bless you. Amen? Amen. So first off, verse 1, John 15, 1 to 8 in the King James uh, Bible. This is what it says. It says, I am the true vine. Can we now put it in the Message Bible? 
It's up? Almost there? What does it say now? It says, I am the real vine. Do you see that? Jesus, whenever he makes a redundant statement or he repeats himself, man, this is not because he's bored. But it's because it's important. He wants us to take note of something. He's saying, I am the true vine. I am the real vine. Notice he doesn't say, I am a vine. There's only one. There can only be one. Amen? Another thing that we can take away from this, because I mean, just in these five words, it is loaded. You see, the Bible is loaded with truths that a lot of us are learning. A lot of us are coming to, and that's God's desire for us. Amen? He says, I am, meaning present tense, right here, right now. We all know in Psalms 46 verse 1, the Bible tells us that God is my refuge and my strength. A very present, a very present right now help in trouble. You see, this God that we serve, He's a God of now. However, this God that we serve can live out and exist out of time too. The Bible tells us that He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He is the one who began the beginning. <laughs> he is the one who began the beginning. Amen? In simple, He is the God of the now. You know, this is the time where Jesus is talking to His disciples. He's telling them, man, the times ahead are about to get dark. The times ahead are about to get difficult, guys. He's talking to them about his crucifixion. He's talking to them about his arrest. He's sharing all these things. You know, something just hit me. This, this. You know, when you look at how many times Jesus spoke to the disciples about his arrest and the crucifixion, it was about 13 to 14 times. Had they heard they wouldn't be fretting and going crazy and panicking the way they did. They would have been relaxed. They would know what was to come. And Jesus is sharing with them and he's telling them, you know, as these times get dark, I want to tell you that many options are going to come. Many religions are going to come up. Notice I didn't say other religions because that would make following Christ just another religion. When it's not a religion, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's what we do. It's what we are. It's not something we follow. It's not a show, but it's a lifestyle. And Jesus is telling them, there's going to be many other vines that are going to come. There's going to be many other parts. But I'm telling you right here, right now, I am the real vine. I am the true vine. You know, I always say, you know, when we come up to Joburg, we get excited to meet with family. We always get the opportunity to go to Santon City. We get the opportunity to go to Mall of Africa. And how many of you know you guys have the best designer labels and designer shops up here in Joburg? The likes of Gucci, Armani, Versace. You got to say it, in, you know, in that Dolce and Gabbana. But let's use one, right? Let's, let's, let's take Amani, for instance. And say, for instance, you get the option of going and shopping there. How many of you know that where you used to shop, those, those are no more an option? And all the ladies said? 
You see, it's no more an option. The Peps, the Edgars, no. I'm, 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 now, I'm now shopping at Armani. You got the real there. Armani. Family of God, this is what Jesus was telling them. There's going to be many options, but I'm telling you, be careful. The times are about to get dark. I am the real vine. He then goes on to explain how both the Father and Son will help you become fruitful. Amen? We only become fruitful when we are connected to the vine. You see, all the life, all the, all the growth potential in the branch is only through the vine. And the branches, somebody say, that's me. The branches can only receive as long as it remains connected to the vine. Every single branch is entirely dependent for everything that it needs to grow and bear fruit from that vine. And you can only bear fruit when you're connected to this vine. You know, it's the vine that reaches into the ground and draws out all those nutrients from the ground. And this is such a beautiful picture of how Christ has done everything so that you and I can succeed. He did it on the cross. He gave his life so that you would walk in divine health. You'd walk in prosperity. You'd walk in wholeness. You can walk in love. And here, once again, he's doing it and playing the role of a servant. That's why he said, the greatest among you is not the one who is the leader, but it's the one who serves. You see, Jesus came to serve mankind. He plays the role of the vine and pumps up all the life into you, the branches, so that you can produce more fruit, much fruit. Man, and we don't want to get all spiritual about this and it's just about a Sunday, but this fruit is to be seen at your place of work. This fruit is to be seen in your marriages. This fruit is to be seen with your children. You see, the Holy Spirit and Jesus is not just for Sunday morning. The Holy Spirit and Jesus is there every day, through everything. And we need, to, we need to shift our mindset that I am connected. And if you're connected, guess what? There's going to be the constant life of God flowing through you. We call it the Zoe kind of life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. No poverty thoughts, no death thoughts, no sickness, no disease. Because guess what? It's not from God. He's not the author of it. He's not the author of sickness. And we're going to see that this morning, amen? Let us go to John chapter 15. We're in verse 2. We're going to read it in the King James Bible. And this is what it says. It says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now this is where we're going to lean in. Here's the key words coming, right? And it says, every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. While we're reading these verses, never forget the, the job description and the reason of the vine dresser taking care of his vineyard. It's for a profit, it's to love, it's to make a livelihood. So right off the bat, when we look at the scripture, we see that Jesus has called you and I to a life of fruit. You see, fruitfulness is a byproduct of a life in Jesus. Now when we look at this, a Greek interpretation of some of these key words will give us its true meaning. You see where the Bible is saying here, Jesus says 
that every branch that does not bear fruit, the Father taketh away. You see, this phrase taketh away is the word aero or aero in the Greek. And what it means is to lift up. I'm sure there's a picture coming, coming up with, with the vine dresser actually lifting up. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I read the scripture and it said, the father taketh away, I would read it in a literal sense. Yeah, take it away. Like, why are you taking me away? I'm fine here. I'm enjoying these people. They're not irritating, Lord. They, they're actually fun people. But you're taking me away. And then it says, the ones that are bearing fruit, he, he purge it. I would always picture that action. I don't know about you. All right, purge it. I read it in a literal sense. Never did I come to the Holy Spirit and say, Father, reveal what you're really saying here. And I realized that it was because of my ignorance. And how many of you realize that our ignorance will get us killed? The world says ignorance is bliss. No, it'll get you killed out there on the streets. You see, yesterday morning, coming, coming to Joburg, man, I got onto the plane, and there was this guy sitting at the back of the plane, all chilled out, all tugged out, large and in charge. Man, and one of the ladies come to him, and they say, you know, sir, you're actually sitting in my seat. And I heard the weirdest thing come out of this guy's mouth. He was like, excuse me? Do you think this really works with numbers? And I promise you, the entire plane just went silent. So, you know, they ended up moving him, but he dashed off to another seat. And everybody's, exactly that look, everybody's like, what's going on? And two young girls come in and they're like, sir, I think you're sitting in my seat. And he's like, now the, you know, he gets upset and he's like, no, you don't tell me that. No, you're not allowed to just tell me what to do. And how many, how many of you know, those are awkward moments. It's like, yeah, dude, come on, seriously. And she says, sir, what is your seat number, you know? And again, he gets so frustrated. Like, does this really work by numbers? And everyone burst out laughing. But I mean, you know, ignorance, man, it's going to get us killed. Ignorance is going to make us look foolish. That's why you and I as children of God have got to do everything to stay connected and get more knowledge about Jesus. Amen? So this phrase, take it away, is the word arrow in the Greek, which means to lift up. And this is a beautiful word picture of how the vine dresser, how the father, the husbandman, the carer of it all, lifts the branches up from the ground, puts them back onto the wooded structure, which is the trellis, so that you would bear more fruit. The reason why he lifts you up is because some of those branches sit down and they're not receiving sunlight. And they're not able to produce fruit. Now some of us, you know, we go through things. We all go through life. And what Jesus does when we lose our way, when we're not producing fruit, what he is essentially saying in this verse is, I will lift you up so that you will produce more fruit. Amen? The vine dresser lifts up the branches that are not bearing fruit. He puts them back in a position and helps them to bear more fruit, much fruit. You know, in the same way, when you and I are not bearing fruit, God is saying, I will come, I will lift you up, and I will put you on the structure. Simply put, 
God will remind you of your identity in Christ. God will remind you of your position in Him. God will remind you of who you really are. Amen? You will be no longer known as Sick Sally. You will no longer be known as Broke, broke Bull. Depressed Debbie. You know, I was sharing with the guys earlier, man, everybody knew me in South as Volleyball Denzel because I played volleyball. But that was not my identity. You see, your identity will not be caught up in the circumstance that you might be facing. But you will be known as a child of God. You see, poverty is not from God. Sickness does not glorify God because He's not the author of it. You know, last week, Pastor Henry said straight up, I don't want, I don't want sickness. Everybody remember that? And because if you're entertaining it in a little, small way, if you're even going and playing with it and allowing it to come into your house, no, I don't want poverty. I don't want lack. I don't want that headache. As a child of God, with the very life of Jesus flowing through you, those things were not supposed to be anywhere near you. And we should, not be a, we should not be entertaining them. Amen? So essentially, we see that the Word of God is there to pick us up. Amen? Jesus also says, Every branch that bears fruit, the Father purgeth, so that it may bear more fruit. And I had to go and see what, what God is really speaking about, because if it was really... That doesn't make sense. Because He wants us to bear more fruit. When you go and study this word, to purge is to cleanse. To purge is the word katairo in the Greek, which means to cleanse. Even if you look it up in the strongest concordance, it says to cleanse. And this is a beautiful picture because after the branches are put back on the wooded structure, the vine dresser would also clean each one of them. He would remove all the insects, remove all the pests that were eating at the branches and not allowing them to bear more fruit. This is a, yet another beautiful revelation of how much God cares for you and I. Amen. He lifts us up to be fruitful and then he cleanses us and washes us so that we would bear more fruit. And talking about more fruit, as I began to look at this passage from verse 1 to 8, verse 2 talks about fruit. But it also mentions more fruit. Verse 5 and 8 also talks about much fruit. How many of you know that the God we serve is a God of progression? Amen. Nothing stays the same with Him. He always wants you to grow and He wants you to go from glory to glory. You see in Romans chapter 12 verse 2, it speaks about the good, the acceptable and the perfect. You see the progression? Mark 4.28 speaks about first the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. Progression. You see, the Christian life was meant to be full of fruit, full of increase, full of abundance, full of growth, full of transformation in every area of your life. And it's our job to surrender it all, not keep your finances to yourself. Lord, ah, this one, I'll take care of this area. I've studied in this, I, I got this, Lord. We've got to hand it all. If we're connected, we're connected. Amen? Amen? We cannot be hanging off halfway. 
We're connected to the vine. You see, unfortunately, there's been some teaching in the church that says this pruning or this purging is a very painful process. And man, up until last week, you know, I've heard people sharing about this process. However, not getting a full understanding of this process. You know, so many guys come and say, Pastor, you know, the Lord is testing me. I believe the reason why this debt has come, the reason why this accident is happening, the reason why I'm struggling, God is testing me. Yet James 1.13 says, Let no man say that he is tempted of God. Let no man say that he's being tested by God. Pastor, you know, I think this is God's way of maturing me through these cuts and slashes and pruning. He's sending these things my way so that one day I may eventually bear fruit. But how many of you know that he's saying, I am. He's the God of right now and he wants you to bear this fruit today. Namshlanje. You see, this thinking, it's a wrong thinking. It's not consistent with the Word of God. It's not consistent with the very nature of God. It's not even consistent with the context that this verse is. It's not. And we have to keep in mind the job of this vine dresser. We've got to keep in mind that it's a profit for him. It's, it's his livelihood. And man, you, you, you know when you compare it, how can you even compare God the Father to a vine dresser? How much more, the word says, how much more will the Father give? How much more will the Father care and love and nurture? The very word Father is the word Abba, which means a protector, a provider, a nurturer. Why would he just flip the script one day and be like, huh? It's about that time. And whip out the, the knives and let's do some pruning up in here. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's not going to change the, or, or flip the script like everybody else does. Man, they'll tell you one thing today and tomorrow it's another thing. Man, today they're loving you, tomorrow they're hating you. They did the same to Jesus when he came in to Nazareth, right? All hail the king of kings, king of the Jews. And the next day they were spitting, punching and slapping him. Let's stay on track. Verse 3. In the New King James Bible, New King James Version, it says, You are already clean because you decided to have a shower. Man, water is precious to us. In Durban, there's a lot of shortages, so, man, I, I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful. But it says here, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Do you see that? It is the word of God that washes us, that cleanses us, so that we can bear more fruit. Somebody shout, God cleanses, God cleanses. and washes me, me. with his word. Let's go to verse 4. Verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine. You are the branches. 
He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. You see that? You bear now much fruit. Now some of you are wondering why am I not finishing that verse. I'm going to finish it. It says, for without me you can do nothing. Somebody say, without Jesus, I can do nothing. Now you see the Greek word for nothing is nothing. It's nothing. You can do nothing without Jesus. Amen? It's interesting to note that through this passage, seven times we're reminded to abide. Which once again means this is so important. Every day when we wake up, we need to remind ourselves, man, I need to abide. Now the Greek word, meno, that was translated abide, also means to stay, to remain, to continue, to dwell, or to dwell permanently in. Not come and go as you choose. Which a lot of us try. Jesus is saying, remain in me. Make me your place of where you abide. You see, these scriptures highlight the key to being fruitful is to abide in the vine. And here's a healthy balance that we all can apply to our lives. A healthy mindset, a healthy thinking. That, you know, as you attack your day, as you are doing that spreadsheet, as you're taking care of your kids, as you're going to the marketplace, Father, I can do nothing without you. But Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see that balance? We've got to understand that without Jesus, we can do nothing. But with Jesus, man, the impossible is made possible. Those strategies, those inventions, the very things that the world has not seen is in you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So what does it mean to remain? To remain in Him doesn't mean to sit around all day being all spiritual or trying to be all spiritual all the time. You see, you and I don't need to strive to remain in Jesus. You don't need to work to, to, to remain and abide in Him. You see, where you feel obligated to read your Bible for three hours a day, where you feel obligated, obligated being the oper operative word, to lock yourself away in my prayer closet, for two hours or to go on a 41 and a half day fast Lord <laughs> while the food is burning while the children's diapers need to be cleaned while the trash needs to be taken out hey while there's business deals to be won while there's investments to be made no uh, of course yes we need to study the Word of God we need to be chatting to God we need to be communing with Him. But when we think these activities are the only times that we are remaining in Him and we are abiding in Him, that is incorrect. That is incorrect. Amen? Amen. It's not works-based. Because remember, Jesus died to do... He did everything already. We don't need to do the work. Like the famous line in South Africa, you don't need to suffer. We're not here to suffer. We're here to enjoy we're here to enjoy. And that's all because of Jesus. Amen? So you see, when we really love God, when we, when we put God first, when we prioritize God, everything we do is spiritual in a way. Why? Because you're doing it with Him. 
You're doing it in Him. You're doing it by Him. You're doing it through Him. You're doing it for His glory. And that's what it means to remain in Him. You're acknowledging Him in all your ways. You're acknowledging Him and you, you, you're bringing everything to Him. Amen? So this morning, quickly, here are some practical ways that we can abide in Jesus. If you're taking down notes, here are some practical ways that we can abide in Him and remain connected. Number one, spending regular time in the Word. And here I have to say, that time, we need to choose quality over quantity. Because how many of you know that just reading one verse or just a small little passage and getting an understanding, getting knowledge of it and applying it to your day is far way better than trying to go through an entire chapter and get absolutely nothing. Man, the day that we live in today, there's these Bible plans all over. And you get a star. Everybody knows the star? Yeah, you know, you, you're late for work. Everything's happening. And you just start off. Reading. And you look at the time, I've got two minutes. Ah, you scroll up quickly, pa, got the star for the day. It's not about the star. But it's about getting a scripture that you can apply in your life. Amen? Constant communion, number two, constant communion with Jesus through prayer. And this I have to say, you can chat to God the entire day. You don't need to come to Him five times a day at specific times. You can be chatting to God throughout the entire day, asking Him for wisdom, asking Him for guidance. He says it in Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Amen? Number three, being a doer of the Word. Somebody say, I am a doer of the Word. And man, this is such an important thing because I spent a lot of years also just mouthing the word. Things only begin to happen when you start doing the word. Amen? Let's go to verse 6 in the King James Bible. We're going back to the King James uh, Version. Now verse 6 is the result of not abiding. Let's look at the result of not abiding. Jesus says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them. You see that? Men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Man, because of this misunderstanding and maybe because of the way we were taught this growing up, I, I, this used to make me fearful. You know what it actually did? Because I knew I've messed up I'm going to be thrown. I'm going to be burned. Why am I wasting my time here? Hey, let me just go straight for the party. Let me take you straight on because it is what it is. But when I got understanding of this verse, that it's not God who gathers you and burns these branches, but it is men. You see, our failures, our shortcomings, they're a result of not abiding in the vine. They are a result of not abiding in Jesus. And how many of you know that as a believer, it's possible to live an unfruitful life? To be fruitful doesn't mean, hey, I attended church, tick, pa, life groove, uh, tick, pa, ah. It's possible to be unfruitful. 
Because we're not putting Him first. We're not prioritizing Him. We're not acknowledging Him in everything that we do. The biggest point to notice here is Jesus did not say that He would cast them out, but men would cast them out. The world system will cast them out and burn them up. It's when you're connected to the world system and not connected to God. And it's easy to do that. It's easy to be connected to everything else but Jesus. Amen? So God is not the one punishing His children and cutting them off. However, there's something that we need to know. When we unplug from the source of all our strength, of all our blessings, that is God, what we do is we become unfruitful. Let's do number seven. This is the promise of abiding. The promise of abiding in the vine. It says, Jesus says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall, it shall be done for you. Somebody say shall. shall. This is such a powerful, powerful statement. What Jesus is basically doing is putting himself under oath. Because this is a legal term. This word is binding. It's guaranteed. When you, Jesus is saying, if you, are, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you ask, it shall be done. Amen? Let's do verse 8. It says, by this my Father is glorified. By this my Father is glorified. And this always got me thinking. Lord, what does it mean to glorify you? Does it mean just coming on a Sunday and we, we glorify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. Is that how we glorify you? Because that's what you hear people just every time. We glorify you. We magnify you. We exalt you. And what I realize is the fruit in our lives ministers more to people than the words that are coming out of our mouths. Meaning we've got to live We've got to walk the walk and not talk the talk. See, God is only glorified. My Father is only glorified when we bear much fruit. When we're walking in this love, this peace, this joy, this gentleness, in His prosperity, in this healing, in the wholeness. He, then only is He glorified. You see, it's a Sunday morning. Most of us, maybe when we were coming to church this morning, and we see there's some beautiful sun in, in the city of gold, and there you see your dog sitting at the front of the door. You're running late. Service times, 8 and 10. And you're like, ah, let me just kick this dog. Kick him out of the way. We're running late and the kids are still taking their time. Are we throwing shoes at them? Come on, Baba, we need to move. Let's go, let's go. And then when we come into the churchyard here, you find the amazing parking crew. Amen. These dudes are phenomenal. They come to you and they're like, Sir, madam, are you able to, you know, like park in the back? We would love to allow the new visitors and, you know, people coming in to fill up the front. And you're upset. You walk past the same guy and it's like, yeah, you know, this guy. And yeah, dude is like, hey, good morning. And you're like, yeah. You see, no fruit doesn't glorify God. Fruit does. Fruit points people to Jesus. When we radiate that glory of God in us, it points people to Jesus and not ourselves. Amen? It's God's will for us to bear more fruit and much fruit. When we bear this fruit, 
the world around us will know that we are followers of Christ. Family of God, in closing, you know, if you have not connected to the vine as yet, it's never too late. It's never too late. That's the awesome thing about the vine because he is, I am. This week I was chatting to Pastor Henry and we were so happened to be chatting about, you know, weight loss and the gym. <laughs> and we were talking about, you know, there's no shortcut around this. We've got to do the hard work here. Because the society, the culture we live in, we're always looking for better, efficient ways. Nothing wrong with that. But there are some things that just cannot, you cannot beat the system. You cannot cheat the system. Man, if you want to lose weight, you're going to have to eat correctly. <laughs> you're going to have to put in the work. We were talking about how doctors and accountants, there's no escaping a seven-year study period. Yet everything else, we're looking, we live in this microwave generation. We're only looking to get our immediate needs met and we need it quick, quick, Lord. Now, but how many of you know, you know, this one thing, is immediate it's instant it's exciting because you can instantly make jesus the lord and savior of your life and you can immediately start bearing fruit amen by prioritizing by acknowledging him in your life and that's the god that we serve let us stand this morning thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you father that you are the you are the vine and we are the branches Thank you that the very life of God flows in us, where there's nothing missing and nothing broken. Family, if you want, you can declare this prayer with me over your family, over your job, over your life. You can say this together with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for being my source of life. You are the true vine. In you, I bear more fruit. I bear much fruit. My joy and my healing is found in you. My promotion and my success are found in you. Father, I thank you for being the vine dresser. I thank you for lifting me up when I do not bear fruit. And I thank you for cleansing me and washing me so that I can bear more fruit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We just worship you this morning. Thank you, my God, that you come to us in the most humblest of ways, reassuring us that you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life guiding us that in you we can do all things. Father, we just worship you this morning. This morning, I'm just going to open up this time in and just open it up. Is there anyone here that has not given their heart to God, has not given their heart to Jesus and you saying, man, today is the day. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to be connected to the vine. Lord Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. If that's you this morning, I want you to, to quickly raise your hand up. Well, thank you, Jesus, man. Everybody here is connected. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. 
To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.